All right. Welcome back, everybody. It is a new month. That means it's a new word and a new exciting topic to cover. Man, I think this one's kind of a doozy for middle school and high school students, but we'll see where we'll see where we end up with on this one here today. So um, just as a way of introducing ourselves, my name is Leslie Bolser. I am the curriculum director for Core Essential Values, and we provide resources for schools, primarily pre-K through high school, um, just giving them ways to have kids and teachers and counselors talk about things that matter and um, the way that we should just interact with each other and live together. So um, that's what we do. And I'm here today with my friend, Dr. Beth Tremel. Beth, can you tell everybody about yourself? Yeah. Hey, everyone. I'm a licensed psychologist and an associate professor of psychology at Indiana University East, where I am the director of the Master's of Mental Health Counseling Program. And um, my website and my sort of all of the things I try to do are aimed at helping people make words matter for good. And so, um, you know, that's, that's how we got connected and why this work matters to me. Um, I continue to love and support and be a part of core essential values because I, I do really see how powerful these, you know, seemingly simple things are month to month. And I love that it gives us a focus because I think as parents, it's easy to just, woo, you know, turn around and it's been six months and you don't really have a focus. Right. So I love this word and I actually love um, what we're going to talk about around this word because it's a big word. This one's a big word for this age. It It is. So let's jump right in. So this word is trust. And the way we're defining trust this month is putting your confidence and someone you can depend on. Um, so I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit with the younger kids. In the curriculum at school, they're talking about this in two ways, right? One is who do you trust? How do you know you can trust someone? What's it like to rebuild trust after something is broken? And then the other side of it is being trustworthy, being the kind of person that someone can count on and someone can trust. So I don't think it's any different at home, right? Talking about trust really has two many, many aspects, but kind of under two main buckets, right? Being trustworthy or trusting someone else. So where should we start? Where do you want to start with this one? What do we want to talk about first? All right. Well, we mentioned this in the um, pre-K elementary age uh, podcast that we also do. So we do a separate podcast for the little guys. And uh, um, this podcast is, is really tailored for our bigger kids. But I really encourage parents to always start by reflecting first. When we are trying to be intentional parents, it's really important for us to get a sense of of where we stand on any issue we want to talk about or any issue we want our kids to know about. And so trust for me is one of these big things that we as parents have experienced a lot of, um, both good and bad, but I'm not sure we're great at really defining it and using it well in a sentence. And so, you know, when we think about being intentional parents around this word trust, it's important for us to first realize what does trust mean to me? What's my experience with trust? So spend some time really reflecting, pondering, writing in a journal, and then even think about the ways you use trust in a sentence. And and if I'm being real honest, I I reflected on this as we were preparing for our conversation today. And I was thinking about my 14 year old and how I use trust with her. And I'm like, probably the most frequent sentence I use with trust in it is trust me, just trust me, (laughs) you know, where I'm like trying to convince her to just like, we don't have to keep talking about it. Like, just trust me. 
<laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that we did talk about it a little bit with the younger kids, but it takes a totally different context with the older kids. Yeah. And that is, I don't need your opinion. I don't need to know what you think about this. We're going to do it my way. Just trust me. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It is. And that's not really what we want our kids to know about trust is that it's just my way and you should just take it. You know? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Absolutely. So I think it's a good exercise for all of us to think, how do I, how are the different ways I use trust? Right. Because then I was also thinking about how, you know, she, she would come to me with some, um, you know, things going on with friends or something like that. And um, I would say, you know, you just have to learn which parts and which days you can trust, you know, who you can trust, what parts of them you can trust. And I think that that is a much different sentence than trust me. So I think it's good to just see all the ways you use trust in a sentence and then what is our underlying meaning in those sentences and then make sure that we can move forward using intentional words with trust in that sentence to to put forth the meaning we want it to be. So let's talk about something that's very difficult for parents of kids this age, for sure. We hear about it all the time. Let's talk about trust and devices. Oof, this is really the best way to approach this conversation, in my opinion, Um, between trust and, you know, respect. Those are two things that I think at this, this age group around devices, especially. So let's start by talking about trust and friendships um, and how devices and, you know, social media, any kind of texting or phone call or whatever, like how does trust play out in your child's friendships? when they're using devices. So I think it's an important part for our kids to realize and for us to even have intentional conversation with them about how do they trust other people in social media experiences, right? And this usually comes down to either text messaging, you know, Snapchat, or images, right? So how are people using images of you or about you on social media? And so helping our kids realize that every single thing they post about a friend, whether it's good or bad, should be approved by that friend. And that sounds like, you know, maybe more transactional than I mean it to sound. But at the heart of this is, if we're doing friendship well, and if we're doing trust well, I'm not posting things about my friends unless they kind of already know I'm going to do that. And our kids, when they're young, especially our teenagers who may be going through a little bit of a conflict with a friend, and they think, oh, it's not a big deal for me to put this out on Snap, or it's not a big deal for me to say this thing about a friend. I don't ever mention their name. So nobody knows who it is. Like none of that is building trust. So I think talking with our kiddos about how they can do trust well with their device and their friends is important. Yeah. That's a really great point. Cause I think as adults, we kind of know we're, we're a little more discerning about what we post. Maybe not everybody, but some people, when we think about our friends and we think, do I want to post that? Could that put their job in jeopardy? Could that put their relationships in jeopardy? Who, who might see this? Who's in their circle that might see this? We think a little more critically about that usually, but that's a tough thing to ask for a young person. So you're right. Just getting consent and saying, hey, is it okay if I post this? Yeah. Really builds that trust and builds the expectation for our own personal children 
that they should expect that of other people too. Yeah. And I mean, it's okay to say no. I, I don't want you to post yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So beyond that with devices, what about just more general parenting with devices about like expectations or like checking up on them? If I check my kid's phone, does that mean I don't trust them? <laughs> and when they accuse me of not trusting them when I check the phone, what do I say? How do I have that conversation? Yeah. So trust doesn't mean you just never follow up or you have no accountability. I mean, that's not what trust is. Trust is about healthy boundaries and healthy monitoring um, of, of their devices, right? So having ongoing conversations with your teenager about, hey, so what have you been um, looking at on TikTok? Hey, what kinds of videos have you um, been, you know, seeing, I always recommend, you know, if you're going to have your teenager have, um, a social media account, then following them, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, always be checking their phone every day, but you need to have this expectation between you and your child that at any point you and I can sit down and look at the phone together. I generally don't want parents to hide when they're checking their kid's phone. That's not building trust, right? But if I say, okay, hey, it's been a minute. I haven't looked at your phone in a while. Let's sit down together. Like right now, we're going to sit down together and look at your phone. That sends the message that I am going to hold you accountable and I am going to be checking up on you, but we, we are going to do it together instead of me grabbing your phone in secret and then looking through your phone and then confronting you about it later. That's not actually, that's not actually building trust. Yeah. That's a really, really cool suggestion to do it together. Yeah. I mean, doing it together says you and I are going to continue to walk through this together. And, and the way, you know, I, I tend to encourage parents is to say, this doesn't necessarily mean that I don't trust you, right? This means that I know that being on this device is a slippery slope. Right. I know from my own experience, like I'll look up and it's been 15 minutes and I have been scrolling and have paid no attention. I just got like sucked in. Yeah. My brain literally yeah. got sucked in. So the way we talk about this with our kiddos, if they are kind of, quote, accusing us of not trusting them, this this is not about trust. This is about us understanding how our brains work, particularly our teen brains work, and yeah. that it's really easy to fall prey to peer pressure it's really easy to fall prey to just posting something and not realizing it or not saying something when we see something. So letting your kid know that this, this conversation that we have together, where I hold you accountable to doing what you said you were going to do, which is you're not going to do inappropriate things with your device. Mm. It means we're going to do it together. We're going to yeah. do it together. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Okay. I feel like this is a lot for parents to think about. Um, <laughs> trust. I mean, honestly, trust with middle schooler and high school, it, it's, it's such a touchy thing because you really want to build that trust because you want them to come to you when they need you. You want them to realize that you are trustworthy. And at the same time, they're biologically wired to pull away from us. Yep. And sometimes what's natural and normal may feel like breaking trust when it really isn't. It really is 
um, just them trying to do things on their own. So it's definitely a tricky thing. And I'm really glad we're talking about it with kids this month because uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a, it's a word particularly that we talk about in schools a lot. So I'm really glad it's a part of our, our cycle this year. Yeah. And, you know, I just encourage parents to just keep at it, right? Like parenting with teenagers can be super messy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. what works today may not work tomorrow. And your kid may push back a ton today with this conversation. But, you know, if you can continue to just be emotionally present, like just kind of keep coming back at it. And I, and I don't mean nagging them about it, right. We're going to come back to trust. Mm, yeah. We're always going to talk about trust, right. Yeah. Like just continue to try to meet them where they are. And over time, you know, that planting of the seed that I'm going to keep meeting you where you are, even if you're not ready to talk about this yet is an important part of building trust with our kids and modeling that trust. Yeah, that's great. Okay, awesome. If folks want to know more about you and how to get some of your resources, how can they do that? Yeah, so my website is makewordsmatterforgood.com and I have two podcasts. Uh, One is called Things You Learn in Therapy and it's awesome. I just finished recording some episodes for season two and I am... I'm so excited. I want to just release them all at the same time. <laughs> I know that's not how podcast listening works, but, mm-hmm. um, and then my second podcast is called kids these days need us to make words matter for good. And you can find more information on my website about those um, two kids these days is now um, starting season five, actually. And I'm really excited about um, just continuing to share tools for children's mental health. That one's really more focused on on kids and teenagers and how parents can be helpful um, in supporting mental health. Yeah, that's that's awesome. If you want to know more about Core Essentials, you can find us on social media at CE Values or uh, on our website at coreessentials.org. Well, thank you for giving us this time this month and talking about this. I hope we can do this again next month because we have yet another word. It's a really good one. Um, and just a spoiler alert, it's about sticking with things when they're tough. And mm. um, I know we talk about this a lot, but that's because it's hard. So <laughs> it's because it's hard and we need to keep <laughs> talking about it. That's right. So we'll talk about that next month. So um, everybody tune in and join us then. Thanks. All right. Thanks, everyone.